When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli Cultural Podcast. This is a podcast devoted to Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. This is another bonus episode we've got for you today. Serie A is finally returning after a very, very long international break. In reality, it was only two weeks, but it felt like forever. We're going to chat about the international break. Then we'll preview Saturday's match against Crotona. We'll look ahead to the final stretch of the season, and we'll talk a little bit about the whole technical sponsor situation. So I've got a couple of return guests joining me today. They were both part of Forza Napoli Worldwide. I'll start with Gaetano Solazzo. Gaetano, how are you doing? Good, Joe. How are you? How's everything going? Thanks for having me again. Really appreciate it. I'm doing well, and I'm happy to have you back. Also, we're joined by Gianluca. Gianluca, how are you doing? I'm good, Joe. Pleasure to be back. Didn't expect to come back twice on a podcast, so I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you did well. You did well. Well, and it, it won't be the last time either. Uh, so like I said, uh, I want Gianluca, to... I paid him. I paid him for you to come back. That's what I, I had to give Joe some money. I had to pay him some money. <laughs> uh, I got to start finding a way to make money. Well, under the tables. <laughs> uh, so... I want to start with the international break. Uh, Gaetano, I know you're not a huge fan of the international breaks. Uh, why don't you like them? Uh, so these I can tolerate a little more because there's a lot more on the line. Obviously, you know, World Cup qualifying and, and the rest. But especially the ones that are just for the sake of getting international, um, I guess, friendlies. I mean, those kill me. Like, you know, when the season first starts and like you're two weeks into the Serie A season, and then you have that one international break every time. That one just sucks the soul out of me. Uh, but for me, Napoli's always come first. Don't get me wrong. La Nazionale is very important. And, you know, when we won the World Cup, I went crazy. And 
I hang on every every pass and every ball like I do with Napoli. But Napoli is on a different level for me. And for us Napoli fans, there's always that little worry of injury, you know, in the back of our mind. You know, I, I rather if somebody's gonna get hurt, God forbid, I rather get them get hurt with us than on some weird pitch in you know Zimbabwe. You know, they step in a weird you know in a hole somewhere, and and then they break an ankle and that's it. So so I just and you know again like. One good thing, I guess, if you can even say that about the COVID season, that you get the, the games every three or four days, you get used to that. So even when we were just once a week now, for me, it was very long. And then two weeks, I was like, man, I just need to watch my team play. It's not the same kind of emotion for me. I mean, we had Osman injure his shoulder, which uh, kept him up for a really long time on an international break. So that that obviously uh, was a big worry for us, especially when we're sending so many players. I mean, we only played probably about half the guys that we that got called up. Brachmani went for one training session and went back to Napoli, which I mentioned on a previous episode. I think that was more of a political thing than anything because he got a lot of heat from the uh, Kosovar media the, the last time when the whole team didn't travel. Lobotka had tonsillitis, so he didn't go. And then a bunch of guys didn't really play all that much. Meret, Di Lorenzo, Fabian. Gianluca, do you feel the same way about international breaks or are you... Uh... I do. And I guess it comes from a selfish like aspect, like Atano said, you know, we saw, you know, the national team win. So not that I don't want to see them win, but I don't want anyone to get hurt and that affects Mm -hmm. Napoli. Right. So I was really grateful that, uh, you know, Di Lorenzo didn't play all that much and he kind of got much, very much needed rest that he hasn't gotten. Uh, You know, obviously in the regular season, he's nonstop. Same goes for Insignia for the third game. I was happy at least he got to, you know, kind of rest. And Fabian, as you mentioned. But, you know, of course, I want, I want to see them win. But, you know, I do have my selfish reasons. I, I do want to see Napoli win a little bit more. Yeah. Can't say why. It just it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think you guys are alone in, in putting your club ahead of your, your country necessarily. I mean, there's people on both sides of that fence. And, and we almost saw another injury because Mertens was pulled out of Belgium's second game with, I mean, ironically enough, a, a shoulder injury, which is like our curse this year. And sounds like everything's going to be okay. He was taken out for precautionary reasons, the, the Belgian uh, staff said. And he didn't play in their final game, which ended up being like an 8-0 win over, I think, Belarus. So he didn't need to be played. It looked like he was back in training and didn't seem to be wearing any slings or anything like that. So hopefully that means he's okay. But the other thing is on top of the the usual risk of, of injury is now we have the risk of COVID, which makes things even yeah. more complicated. On, on Wednesday, we learned that four of the Azzurri technical staff tested positive and immediately everyone was concerned about whether that would spread to the players it did. Fortunately, it was none of our players. It spread to actually a Juventus player, which will benefit from uh, Leonardo Bonucci. Um, but I mean, that could have just as easily have been any of our guys. So before we found out to that today, our, our guys tested uh, negative, at least the Azzurri players. We'll, we'll get to uh, Zelensky in a second. But before we found out, I was going to ask you guys, so we'll treat it more like a hypothetical situation. How would that impact us? Had we lost any of those three players or potentially all three of them, uh, John Luke, I'll start with you. Oh man, um, that would have been brutal because Insigne has definitely been one of the guys this year that's been consistent. You know, unfortunately for the Insignia haters that have been around for whatever reason over the years, 
this is the one year that they could kind of be quiet. He missed the penalty. Outside of that, sometimes more or less, he is the guy that we rely on. Di Lorenzo for us would have been a huge hit for the national team. You know, it's like okay because he doesn't get his time, but for us it's a massive hit because you already know what's standing behind him on the bench uh, at that position. With Zelinski, it's it's really tough because uh, you know you got Laboka, the mechanic, <laughs> behind him. Dad then Bod. you have uh, <laughs> Dad Bolka, <laughs> so. You got him. I mean, Deme, obviously, it, it kind of helps, you know, that we had this break. Could have gone horribly wrong. I mean, we'll see what happens with Zelensky. If, if he's the only one, then, you know, maybe we could skate away unscathed playing Cretona at the end of the day. I mean, they're not a team that dealt with the international break, but it, it's a team that under every circumstance we shouldn't be losing to unless like someone comes out and just shoots someone in the middle of the game. There's literally <laughs> no reason that we should lose to Cretone. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that game, but Gaetano, I mean, there's also Alex Meret who imagine we lost Meret when Ospina just injured his hand and he's going to be out for a couple of games. We could have been looking at Contini playing against Juventus potentially and Crotone. Um, I guess we dodged a bullet here, right? Yeah. I mean, I was going to bring that up. I mean, Going going to a huge match like that with a third string keeper that wouldn't obviously would not have been ideal. Listen, COVID is a real thing still, unfortunately, and you know you, we're sending players you know all around Europe, all around the world, really, right, to go play, and and the risk the risk is always going to be there. And we've seen with Napoli when our front line players kind of go down, and, and we have to rely on on our bench a little bit more. Things slip up a little bit, you know, we, and we tend to draw points. You know, as Gianluca said. You know, hopefully even our reserves could get a result against Crotone, but then we go into a little bit of a tough stretch where I don't think we'd really be able to overcome those injuries or, or the COVID list. You know, hopefully Zielinski is a, is a false false positive and, and we dodge a bullet there as well. For me, he's been our third best player this year behind, behind Lozano and, and, and Lorenzo. And, you know, he's tough to replace. He's tough to replace right now on our team, so... I made a joke earlier <laughs> on our chat that, you know, I can't focus on anything else until I see this result from, from Jelinski's uh, test, but it's, 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 you know, it's true. I mean, that's to be a huge loss. And he was already out once with COVID. So another reason for me to dislike the international break, I guess. Yeah. And, and I think that's why you probably think it's a false positive because he's already had COVID, but I mean, with all the all the craziness with this virus, and if you've had it for so long, you can get it again, or you can potentially carry it even if you've already had it and, and still spread it, and you know different variants of, of COVID. It's still scary for anyone who doesn't know what happened with Poland. They had um, about a week ago two players tested positive: Lukas Skorupski, the Bologna keeper, and then a Leeds midfielder, Mateusz Klick. And then on Tuesday, just before their match against England, their uh, Poland's chief medical officer, Jakub Kwiatowski, revealed that two more players had tested positive, a, a locomotive Moscow player, Gregor Skrishawiak, and, and the defender, uh, Kamil Piatowski. So um, there's a bit of an outbreak going on there. And apparently today, on uh, Thursday, we're recording, Zielinski tested positive for one of these rapid tests, but they are more prone to being false positives. And so he's going to, he got tested again. We're waiting for the results, I guess, from the normal test uh, to come in on Friday. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't change things. Um, We'll, we'll chat a bit about the squad when we get to uh, our preview of the Crotona match, but 
one thing I want to get your thoughts on is, and and normally I completely agree with you guys. I'm, I'm anti-international break, especially given the circumstances. Um, and I wasn't too thrilled about the idea of someone like Lozano playing the full 90 minutes in international friendly matches, three games apart when he just got back. He only played 17 minutes against Roma. That was his first action after, I don't know, a month off. Likewise with Mertens, I think he played the full 90 in, in Belgium's first game before he went down with the injury. That being said, I think there were some positive takeaways from this particular international break. But before I give you guys my thoughts, I'm curious, you know, Gaetano, do you think there was anything positive out of this break? I mean, listen, Italy got the three result, the, the three results they needed to get. Uh, you know, we needed to get those three wins. We got them in the bag. I thought we looked a lot better the first two games that we did against uh, Lithuania this last time around. Uh, Mancini played a lot of, I guess you want to call them substitutes in that one. And, and you know, I'm sure the turf field had something to do with it. Immobile missed about four or five chances that he probably should have buried. But, you know, we got the job done. Listen, after the disaster of four years ago, at this point, I don't care what we look like. Uh, I don't care if it's beautiful soccer, if it's ugly, if the ref scores, we just need to get in. Um, <laughs> um, so that's really what I was I was watching the games purely f- just because I wanted to see results so I'm happy that we played well the first two games and Lithuania is not the greatest of, of opponents so we got the result but you know Insigne the first two games looked, looked really good uh, the Lorenzo little action he got played well I know I know Chucky scored a last minute winner from Mexico in this game Osimhen got a through ball miracle and he scored uh, you know God forbid we play <laughs> we play some through balls to our fastest guy <laughs> You know, so those are some 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 positives to take away. Of course, it's listen. When you have international players on your team, it means that that your president is signing you know high caliber players. So you wanna there's that balance, right? Because if, if you don't have any international, it means you probably don't have high caliber roster. So you know, just a give and take. Absolutely, John Luca, you feel the same way or any positives? Yeah, no, I I definitely can't complain performance wise. Almost all of our guys are coming back on a high, right? You know, you got Elmas took out Germany. I mean, like, you know, Macedonia, who would ever think that that would happen in the plus side? Like, you know, Gaetano said, you know, Di Lorenzo, when he got on, he looked good. Uh, Insignia is looked good. And like I said before, I think this is like his, his season uh, where he's kind of establishing himself. And if he could maintain where he's at and maybe get a little better in some areas, you know, this could really solidify where he ranks and I guess in his, in his position. But outside of that, I think we fared well from this break because there are some positives, right? You know, Osimhen played his time Lozano, although I agree with you, Joe, that maybe could have been rested a little bit. You know, he's one of the few or maybe the only that travels to another time zone to play. So I'm happy in a way, call me, stupid obviously i would love politano to be on the national team but in a way it's good that he's not because uh, i'm not thinking lozano starts this game or maybe he doesn't come on at all because he's coming you know back from mexico right he played in mexico well so that i believe the games were played in europe, played in europe? Uh, well at least the first one i believe against wales was i don't know about the costa rica game that one was may have been in, in south yeah America. i'm only concerned about that I, Outside of it, you know, Osimhen played, you know, he's obviously in shape. He scored a nice goal. He had an assist. And uh, Patania had his time to rest. So I'm, I'm looking at, you know, the positives in a way from the natural selfish Napoli fan aspect that, you know, we have Lozano played, but we have Politano fresh mm-hmm. 
from in training. Maybe Bakayoko woke up, who knows, uh, from these two weeks. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you have guys like Almas and uh, Osteman coming back on a high, and, and even Lozano. And Martins, you know, even though he might have went down, he had a good break. And Di Lorenzo, maybe he's coming back trying to fight for a starting position and prove that, you know, he can start on the national team. So I'm, I'm looking at it in that way. Um, there was no catastrophic game where any one of our players that are on national break that, you know, they just went downhill and their team lost like the way Germany did. So uh, yeah. I'm hoping that the positives from their results somewhat help us when they come back to Gattuso and, you know, hopefully that, that all meshes well. Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, we had, we got more injuries this time around from the guys that, that were back in Napoli between them and Ospina than, than the guys that travel, they maybe tells you that it was just unlucky last time. Injuries can happen anywhere, right? They can happen whether you're on international duty or not. Uh, but you you guys knocked off all the points that I was going to make as well. I think with Lozano in particular, I was initially not too happy that he was playing so many minutes. But then I also thought for a guy that that just got back from an injury, assuming he's fit, which he looked like he was, obviously, if he played so many minutes, these were kind of like friendly matches. Well, they literally were friendlies, but they were kind of like preseason friendlies to to get him back in shape. So now he's coming back to Napoli, not having to play those games at Napoli, right? Like he'll, mm-hmm. he'll come back pretty much in match fitness, which I think is a huge positive. Um, and then you guys mentioned Elmas and Osaman's goals. And, you know, Elmas has been hot and cold. He mostly cold, really. He's, he scored the occasional goal. So hopefully, you know, these two goals that he scored for Macedonia can can give him a bit of a confidence boost. I mean, it, it all depends on how and when he's used. And likewise with Osman, I mean, especially for strikers, you just want them to score because you know when they stop scoring, they're they're very uh, mental type of players. They're, the psychology with strikers is a big deal. So thankfully he they all came back in one piece and and hopefully that that gave him a bit of a a confidence boost uh heading into the crotona match so let's talk about that match um we'll start with the lineups because i think there are a couple of positions that are i think debatable and and there are others that are probably pretty clear who's going to start where i mean we know i mentioned ospina got that finger injury so almost guaranteed that medet is going to start in goal uh, Koulibaly is suspended for this match, which is probably a good thing because it means he won't get suspended for the Juventus match. And you have to think that whoever we start should be able to handle Crotone. And Rachmani is still recovering. So in all likelihood, we're starting Manolas and Maximovic at center back. Di Lorenzo, pretty much a guarantee to start at right back. But I'm curious to know who you guys would start at left back. Hisai has been good at right back. Uh, left back is a little bit trickier. Um, why don't we start with you, Gaetano? I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think I think Hisai should should get uh, should get the start. Uh, even even the game prior where he played on the left, he actually looked really good compared to what he's been looking like the last yeah. year. You know, and Mario Rui's been having some issue with Gattuso the last month or so. He hasn't really been training well, and when he's on the field, you know, he'll give you a fight, but. I would start his side there. That's just me. Yeah. Gianluca, do you agree? It's tough. Um, I have like a hard time with this because I honestly have no idea how his side did during his uh, international break. He did well. I, I saw a little bit, but he was playing on the right side again. 
I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I caught the first half hour against England, and he was he was playing more like a wing back. They they yeah, played he was, more he was defending really well. I actually, I watched the first half. They were they were pretty much boxed in, but he was he was doing well. And he was leading counter attack as well, which was they, they played against. Chances. They played against the like the fishermen, <laughs> <laughs> San Marino. And these guys they got real jobs like us. <laughs> but I don't know. It's tough. Um, I feel like Mario Rui. He's a complete hit or miss, right? You would think mm-hmm. coming off a break where he's just training, you know, maybe with more intimate time with Gattuso because they're both like insane and just ready to fight someone for no reason. You know, maybe he could get the best out of him if he throws him in as a start. Honestly, I think that if he doesn't start Mario Rui, he'll come into the game 70th minute and just have a complete mental lapse because he's pissed off that he's not starting after, you know, being not on international break, right? Or did he get called up? No, he didn't. He did it. Yeah. So I wonder why. But at the same time, I, he's like one of those guys that like when you haven't seen him for a while and then he comes in, it's like, whoa, where's this guy been? And then when he plays the next game, you're like, get him back out of here. So maybe we could get lucky and start Mario Rui. He does what he has to do against Crotone, you know, not ask him for much. And then next week we put him back where he belongs. The following week, I mean. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Let's move to the midfield. I don't think Diego Dem is going to be fit to play this game. He he did uh, personalized training today. Again, it's Thursday, so one more day of training. We'll see tomorrow's uh, training report, which means your boy Gianluca Timoy Bakayoko probably starts with Fabian in the double pivot. Man, that's rough. Gianluca has a signed uh, Bakayoko jersey in his, in his closet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's salad. It's <laughs> on eBay. You can buy it for a whole paper clip. I mean, I guess if there was ever a game you want to be starting Bakayoko, yeah. this is the one, right? Yeah. You got to play him sometimes. So I think that's okay if he can't stop Crotone. I mean, Junior Macias is a very good player who usually plays in the center of the midfield. So that concerns me a little bit. But I agree. I got him on my Fanta Couch team, him and Simi. And I'm scared <laughs> yeah. of both. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll, we'll get to them as well. I mean, Simi, look, well, we can talk about it now. We might as well. I mean, he's, um, it'll be interesting because we could potentially see both teams starting a Nigerian striker. And uh, Simi, I believe this season set a record as the, the most goal scored for a Nigerian striker in this single season. I think he's got 12 or something like that. Yeah, I know he's doing good. I got him I mean, on my half of the country team too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's got a lot of penalty kicks, which means we can't concede uh, a penalty because he's he's yeah. pretty reliable from the spot. Our front four is pretty tricky. Well, I mean, we know Insigne is going to start on the left wing. That's pretty much a guarantee. But the other three, I think, is debatable. So let's start with the right wing. We touched on this, John Luca. You mentioned you would like to see Politano start for this one. Gaetano, what do you think? Would you rather see Politano or Lozano? Under normal circumstances, I think Lozano should start 10 out of 10 times. But uh, Gianluca made an excellent point earlier. Uh, you know, Politano's been training with the team. Uh, Chucky's been traveling, uh, coming off the injury. Uh, I wouldn't mind giving Politano 70, 75 minutes and then and getting Chucky in the last, you know, 20, 25 minutes and, and rev him up for, for Juve. Again, guys, we got to think about the competition. You know, I don't want to take anything away from Crotone because we know how we, how we play against, you know, lower table teams. There's always a little, you know, worry in the back of our minds, but I, th- I think the Politano start is is the right move uh, for this game. 
I think so too. I, I spoke to um, Raf and Raf on, on their show uh, more about Osiman, but Gattuso doesn't like to change too much. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we've been getting results with Politano filling in. That doesn't mean I think he should be the, the starting right winger, but I suspect we'll see Politano get that start just for the continuity. And, and again, because Lozano just played a couple games, give him the couple extra couple days to rest for the Juve game. And, and we can go in fresh for, for that match. I think the, striker and the 10 spot are, are kind of intertwined in a way. Um, so let's start with striker. Gianluca, would you rather see Osman start or Mertens here? What I'd rather see is rather see Osman start, but here's a curveball. If mm-hmm. Petania is healthy, I won't be surprised if I see him on the field. Really? Playing Crotone. We got Juve coming up. They're hurting right now. They got, you know, some missing pieces. Not that we don't, but I think going into this week, could call Patania a risk. I, I call it playing a little safe because if we have Insignia and Politano on and Politano's been rested, Insignia sat the last game against Italy. I'm not sure if he came in late or not. I, I didn't watch that. No, he didn't. No, he didn't play. So the way I look at it is throw Patania in there. He's been out for quite some time. I haven't read most recently, but I did read not too long ago, maybe within the last week that he looks like he's ready for Cortona or on pace. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, get him in there, a little confidence boost. If we're not seeing what we like by the 60, 65th minute, whether you put Mertens or Osimhen on, Cortona is not going to be happy, the defense, to see either one of them. So yes, I kind of want to see that just to play safe because yeah. I, I want to be fresh as possible going into Juve. And I think that we should be able to get points even without a $90 million striker or a quote-unquote, you know, leading goal scorer. I don't know, man. I, I think I'd rather see the reverse. I, I think Patania may be in the squad. It sounds like he he's doing the group training now. But I'd rather see either – my guy would be Osaman this time. Um, wow. Just because I don't know about that Mertens injury, if it's if there's anything there or not, to so maybe give him the extra couple of days. And then if we get out to, a, say, a two-goal lead, which you never know with this team, then I'd bring someone like Patania on to just spell Osaman and let him – not have to play the full 90 minutes. Gaetan, you want to play our guys that we spent money yeah, on? Well, right? yeah. No, listen. I think Osiman, if healthy and not needing a break, I think he needs to start every possible game. I you agree. Know, we, paid, we paid 70 million euros, whatever that's translating dollars, a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> um, the kid's young. He can handle a couple games a week. But honestly, Gianluca, when you start talking, I almost turned the computer off. But then... <laughs> When like the more you made, the more you made your point, the more like you almost you almost turn me around because you know you would think against Crotone, Petania, you know, a Listen, header is attacking. Yeah, if he could get a goal now, this is the game where at least you know if right. God forbid but, he needs to come in and Juve, he's right. not feeling soft. Yeah. But to Joe's point, if we get out to you know two three goal lead, you know, 55, 60th minute, you take it, you know, you take these guys out, you put Petania in, you give him a little run, and you call it a day. But again, all things being equal, and I know they're not. I think also he needs to play up top. And he needs to, listen, he, Joe, you said it before, especially for a young striker, confidence is everything. And he needs to see the ball, you know, in the back of the net, whether it be, whatever, however it goes in, he needs to see the ball go in. And he needs to gain confidence because it's been a rough year for him, right? His first year with us, new language, new culture, new coach, new city, new country, new everything. COVID, shoulder, out for a very long period of time. We, you know, we thought Francesco was having him in, in his basement. <laughs> 
this is the same conversations I feel like we were having with Lozano at the end of last year. You know, did we overpay? Yeah. Maybe he was playing in a league that, you know, was subpar. And now we've seen what we did, what he's, what he's doing this year with, you know, with a lot of confidence. I feel like he needs to really build on his confidence going into next year as well. If there's any team that you can score goals against, it's Crotone because they, they concede a lot of them. I think it was uh, David Ferini, who's a, a Serie A commentator that, that posted on Twitter um, that I believe Crotone is on pace to either concede the most goals ever in, Seri- in a single Serie A season or certainly for the club. So, I mean, we score yeah. one goal. I agree with you guys, though. I think I, I want Osimhen to start. I just say Perkanya because it's just it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. Uh, it made sense. I mean, you, you, it was actually a good point. I gotta be honest. You, you, it would you, not surprise you, me. You almost convinced me. You made. A I lot. want I want Osimhen, but I wouldn't be surprised. It, it only depends. But like like I was saying before, he's coming off a hot little you know few games with Nigeria. This is a team where he could literally pulverize them if we feed him. You know, it, it, it's it's a good look going against Juve. He also has a dream matchup against our favorite center back, Luperto, who might might be able to do more for us in this <laughs> oh game than he's God. ever done by having to defend Osimhen. Can you imagine that? If we if if we can get past Luperto, I don't know. <laughs> Luperto's class, ragazzi. Luperto's class. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it'll definitely be interesting, I, you know. And I already like you know you could see like the pessimist headlines if uh, you know Simi greater than Osiman and all that crap. Right. Yeah. Uh, the one position we we have left is the number ten. I think. If Zielinski's fit to play in this whole COVID thing is just a false positive, he's probably getting the start there. If somehow he's not able to play because of COVID, would you guys put Mertens there? Or I would even consider throwing Elmas in that spot. What do you think? I'd play Elmas. If Zielinski, if Zielinski can play, I, I would play Elmas. Listen, Chiro's, you know, he's an all-time Napoli player at this point. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's a legend in the club and he can't do any wrong for any of us, right? But we got to be realistic. You know, he's getting up there in age. He's coming off a knock. He played a lot for Belgium. He got hurt with Belgium. Obviously, nothing nothing serious. But to be able to give him, a, a, you know, an extra, an extra, some extra time off and play Elmas, who seems like he's on a little bit of a hot streak as well, you know, a couple of goals with the, with the Macedonian. And again, we have five subs this year. You, you know, if things don't look good or whatever, you, you throw Dries in there at, you know, halftime, a little bit after, and, and you make your move. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Elmas play that number 10 spot at all. I think we're all on the same page with that. And and to add in, apparently his agent made some comments. I don't know if you guys saw this, saying that like he's playing a little out of position at yep. Napoli and that you know his preferred position is the Metzala. So show us what you got, man. You know, it's a game to really show us. You know, it's Crotone. You're just coming off, you know, kind of beat in Germany. You know, you got like a little bit of a torch. Right. In fairness, he has played all over the field. Yeah, he, but that's also why I love him, honestly. like that, That's one thing that I kind of liked about Ancelotti. He brought in like this raw talent with him, right. Fabian. I mean, maybe we haven't, you know, gotten He's the best out of both of them. Right. But I, I do, you know, talent that he brought in was good. We just need to get the best out of it. Yeah, I think Elmas's agent went so far as to call him a jewel, and I think he's right. I think this kid has a ton of potential. And yeah. If used so correctly, yeah. If used correctly, he could be the next Zielinski, right? In in terms of, oh, technically, he's a, I mean, we could see it week in and week out when he plays. Technically, he's 
very sound. Sometimes he just gets lost in the game and you don't see him. Yeah. 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 And when he comes, it's tough too because like sometimes the situations that you see him come in the game, you already know he's not going to make an impact because, you know, we're losing, you know, or like we're really down or guys are getting hurt and it's tough, you know, and he's young and he's also too still not, you know, he's not a rookie, so to speak, but he's a young, young guy on a, on a team that the fans demand a lot out of. And we, we definitely are. A, what have you done for me lately? And when you haven't done anything for me lately, you know, mm-hmm. like Laboka, like Rui sit, sit on the bench. Don't come out of the, don't come out of the shade. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, we have the depth that we can afford to do that. Too. Yeah. Now, you know, we're, we're getting our guys back. I mean, there was a point where we didn't have so much depth because of all the injuries. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him get more more opportunities. And, you know, he, he has that same – that fire, that Grinta, that Mario Rui does. Um, mm. but I also agree that he can look lost out there sometimes where, you know, maybe he needs to work on, on the football IQ a little bit and, and understand positioning a bit better. And, and that's something that you can learn, you know, he, it's harder, a lot harder to teach skill than it is to teach yeah. you know, tactics, I think. I think he's in a unique position, though, surrounded by guys like Mertens and mm-hmm. Insignia, where if he's one of these players that if he works on his um, quick movement passing and shooting from distance, he can you know, really become into a big talent, especially in Serie A, with the footwork that he has. It's just a matter of getting him to the full potential with the, even his IQ also. Um, you mentioned, Gianluca, that you have both uh, Junior Macias and Simi in your, your Fanta Calcio. Um, Ivoshi Cavani. <laughs> That's the team name. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, those are probably the two biggest threats. I'm I'm concerned about our, our center backs. I mean, Simi has that height that he's so tall. That's always scary. And then guy. Macias is, uh, is very skilled. So him going up, we mentioned him going up against Bakayoko and Fabian. A little bit scary, but at the end of the day, guys, we this is a must-win. I mean, can you think of any reason? I can think of maybe a couple, but they're far-fetched as to, to why we might drop some points in, in this game, uh, Gaetano. Well, I think the way the game is going to look is going to be obvious, right? Botona is going to play 11 behind the ball and, and, and hope to hit us on the counter. With, with them being out, that's my concern with Baca and Fabian playing that role because, as you know, they're not the, the quickest. If we lose a ball at the midfield and we're exposed and off they go, I could see that's a way we can concede. And all of a sudden it's 1-0 or 1-1 and now we're chasing the game and panic starts to set in. I start throwing things. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's my fear if there, if there is one. But once I take a breath and I think about the game, you know, it's a game that hopefully we score early and we kind of settle in and, you know, we, we get a couple uh, in the first half and then we go. But the only way we get hurt, I think, is off, off a counter where, again, Fabian Obaka caught out of position, three on two, and there we go. One thing that's interesting is since Cersei Cosme took over, he switched to a 3-5-2 and they've played a little bit better. Um I mean, in the end, they still didn't get results. But the last match was against Bologna. They they actually went up to no, and then with half an hour left, they they conceded three goals and got the loss. The match before that, they held their own against Lazio. Lazio needed a, I think, an 84th minute winner from Caicedo off the bench. The the Caicedo special after uh, Crotone tied the game twice in that match. So, I mean, they've shown that they can compete at least even with a, a club like Lazio so I mean that's concerning 
Um, we talked about the international break and how many guys we had out. They didn't really have too many guys away. They had Arkadusz Ratza was with Poland, but he only played in, in their first game against Hungary. I think Adam Munes got called up to Algeria, but he didn't end up playing because he's nursing either a knee or a hamstring injury, I believe. And then they have a couple of youth players, uh, Giuseppe Cuomo, Nicolo Zanelato, that got called up to the, the U21 squad. Neither of them played. And uh, Pedro Pereira got called up to Portugal's U21 squad, but he was benched for all three matches as well. So they should be pretty fresh, which, I mean, again, you still expect us uh, to win this match. The only other thing that worries me is that we have conceded to some lower table teams and Torino, Spezia, Genoa. And with Juve coming up, Gianluca, you know, is there a risk that we might be looking ahead of this game and fall short? I mean, if we're um, focused on Juve, I would hope that maybe some positives comes out of it. If we approach the game like uh, as if we were to be playing against a, a bigger team, but it's tough. I mean, anything could happen with uh, Napoli. Unfortunately, nothing's guaranteed. And like you said, I mean, they've given up a lot of goals, Crotone, but they've also scored, you know, a handful also. Like with Lazio, like you said, they they were holding their own. You know, I'm hoping we could get in there early, get a you know goal or two up and maintain. But the one thing that I'm nervous of is if Crotone, you know, they're fresh. End of the day, they could be as fresh as possible. We're playing against guys that are getting called up for U21 and not even getting minutes. So... I hate the the idea of losing this game at all because then there's going to be some fans making excuses. Oh, we are on international break. Like we're literally playing against a really low team that has Simi and Macias and Luperto. It's a Serie B team. Yeah. Like, you know, like we, this is not a team where, you know, I don't want to envision a loss, but my nightmare would be they're pressing us. We make an, an error or or whether it's Manolas or uh, Miskimovic, and it's Macias or Simi to make us pay for it. Uh, in my head, what I do see as the nightmare is Simi winning a, head over, a header over uh, Miskimovic just being a bonehead because that's typically what he does. And in situations like this, these type of the game, these are the games where you're like, you're like, all right, we'll be okay. We got Miskimovic. You know, he's okay. I don't want to put faith in him, but at the end of the day, there's no reason we should lose this game. Like none. Yeah, well, first of all, you're looking at the the king of the excuses for this team. That's yeah. <laughs> I, I find reasons to explain everything. And, we can't. We gotta win. We gotta win this. against this. <laughs> but, but yeah, I can see that. I mean, we have a, a mental lapse. Simi wins a header because he's ten feet tall over either of our center backs, and then they park the bus, and and we struggle. Yeah. To- I feel like if we get pressed, that's our doom. If we're Napoli and we want to be a top team, we gotta dictate the tempo of the game. Mm-hmm. We gotta not be sitting on the top of our box. We got to be pushing towards center half with our defenders so that, you know, if they are going to get a counter on us, it's going to be a long field. It's not going to be a short field where you're inside our half and getting a counter. You're going to be starting from the other side of the half. And, you know, we'll be lucky to have uh, Manolas and Di Lorenzo speed to catch up, even with the, the turtles in the midfield, like Gaetano said. You know, if we play and dictate the game, then those faults in our lineup might not really shine in a way. You know, if we dictate the game, we have the talent and the players, even when we have the guys we don't want on the field. Hopefully we're, we're all wrong in our, uh, <laughs> our, 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 our fears are just that, just fears, you know. Yeah. 
I think it's kind of, you know, it's sad. It's, I, you know, listen, I'm going to speak for myself, but I know getting to know you guys, you know, especially Gianluca, you're literally, there's always that fear of everything going wrong with this team, especially with this kind of opponent where we just look at the game on paper. It should be a relatively easy, easy win. But, you know, one mistake, one Maximovic, uh, you know, mishap, uh, one Bakayoko wrong pass, and that's it. And <laughs> listen, this is, you know, people call us fan, tifosi, ultras, you know, the war fanatic, the war fan comes from fanatic. This is the this is the stuff that keeps me up at night. Not my kids. You know, this I think about Bakayoko missing passes in the midfield. And like I get up at three in the morning, like hyperventilating. I like this is this is like I have an issue. So like when people's like, oh you're too negative, this is like, you know, it's ingrained. Yeah, we're we're pretty <laughs> None of us are able to disagree with any of our nightmare thoughts of how the game could, could maybe go wrong. None of us are like, oh, no, you're crazy. It's well, like, yeah, oh, I'm my God, he's right. I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, well, so let's assume we get these three points. because right. I mean, if if we don't, there's no point even talking about the next yeah. seven, which is to look ahead to the final stretch of this season, which is going to be tough at first. We Right after uh, Crotone, three days later, four days later, uh, we play Juventus in our makeup game finally, uh, You know, assuming it doesn't get rescheduled again because who knows with this league. <laughs> then I believe we play Sampdoria on short rest, which again should be a win. And well, Yonella's going to score. You might as well just put one on. Postcas. Already, yeah. Quayarela is definitely scoring. So. Yeah, yeah, true. So we'll need two <laughs> in that one. And then we've got Inter and Lazio back-to-back. Um, it's rough. When we were supposed to play Milan-Juve-Roma, I said, okay, that was our season right there, right? Um, then the Juve, Juve game got moved, and we ended up winning those two matches. It seems like this is our season now, right? Like, we need to... Uh, get some results. Maybe I'll get your thoughts from both of you. How many points do you think we need to pick up between these three matches? Or let's, let's assume we win the Sampdoria game as well. So we'll just focus on Juve Inter Lazio. Or if you want to talk about four game, all four games and just assign a point total over the four games, how many points do you think we need to pick up to not even guarantee ourselves a top four position, but just to stay competitive? Uh, Gaetano, why don't you go first? Uh, I think we need to get nine points. I think wow. we can. I think, yeah, I think we need to get nine points. Uh, um, I don't want to call the Sampdoria game a given, but that's a game that if we have aspirations of getting top four, we have to just like the Crotone game we just talked about. We, that's a game we have to get the three points, right? Yeah. So you're so, essentially saying we have to win two out of the three games. Correct. Correct. So I'm essentially saying, you know, what, you know, Juve, Lazio, and our and and uh, Inter, you get six out of those nine points. And I think we'll be, you know, right where we need to be for the stretch run. And as you mentioned, um, you know, through our conversations, our ending of our season is a little bit easier than the teams that we're yeah. competing with. So I, I think we need to get six out of those out of nine points from those three games. I, I do agree. I think um, out of the four, I would say that we need to do eight or nine points. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, we win three and lose one or, you know, we win two and tie the other two. We definitely need to come out with more than, than six and seven. I'll argue that Crotone, Juve, and Sampdoria are the, the games that'll make us because we could end up walking away with nine points. You know, Juventus, there's still that air of like, oh, Juve, but it's not the same Juve. You know, we could end up falling into a position when we're playing Juve that we're firing on all cylinders, right? We're going to get Kulabali back. 
and whether it's a Manolas, like, you know, Manolas might be, you know, falling into a hundred percent because he's been training and he's going to get a game in this weekend. You know, we might be coming into that Juve game feeling really strong and hopefully play really strong. So I'm hoping between Juve and Sampdoria, we could actually get sick, all six from those two. Then the next two games is, is rough. Um, Inter's really going to be fighting. You know, they're really going to be gunning for it, especially if we beat Juve the week before. Right. They're really going to be coming for us so that they could, you know, create the gap and depending on what happens with Milan. Lazio, that could go either way. We could kill Lazio, Lazio could kill us. Or in 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> you know, that, that game will probably completely defend on Pepe Reina and Davido Spina. <laughs> <laughs> making some type of boneheaded mistake. But it's tough. I, I do agree with Gaetano. We need to come out really strong in those in those four games. If, if we expect to, to be the team that we claim to be and be the team that we want to be, you got you to gotta come out on top. Yeah, I think we have to beat Sampdoria. And then I think I agree we have to beat Juve. I mean, if, there's, if I had to pick one game, obviously you don't want to lose any games, but if you had to pick one to lose – the Inter one is probably it just because they're out of reach as far as the Scudetto goes. And the Juve and Lazio games are essentially worth six points, right? Because yeah. we're competing. If, we go into, if we go into Inter after after maybe losing against Juventus, it's the, the pressure, the pressure, and God knows what the hell will happen. And we mentioned Bonucci tested positive. I think Demoral may have tested positive as well. So it seems like things are stacking up in our favor I think you as a bit of a wild card team still. I, I know, Gianluca, you mentioned that they're not the same team that they once were, and I agree with that. Uh, and again, maybe this is just my my skepticism like that we talked about. Um, Gaetano, you mentioned after that little run, we do have a quote-unquote easy schedule. I mean, again, these are some of the teams that took points from us in the first half of the season, but we have... Torino, Cagliari, Spezia, Udinese, Fiorentina, and Hellas Verona were, I think, the only team out of the top seven that doesn't play another top seven team in the final you know, six, seven rounds of, of Serie A. So maybe there is a little bit of opportunity that even if we don't get eight or nine points, but six or seven, that there's the potential to regain some in that final stretch. But at the same time, we, we would probably be not in control of our own destiny which is not something not a place we want to be right we we don't want to have to then now rely on Juve to draw points or or Roma or Lazio another thing that that helps us is and I think it's going to be huge and I may have spoken to both of you this about this in our previous conversations but Juve play Atalanta in the Coppa Italia final and that's in between the 37th and 38th match day so, I mean, that's kind of terrible timing for them, especially Atalanta, because they have Milan in the, in the final game. So they've got back-to-back tough matches. And There's going to be a lot riding on that game. Yeah. Maybe we can do who you think will finish in the top four um, and whether you think Milan will be one of those four teams. Well, I had a conversation, or a con- I don't even know if you want to call it a conversation, a back-and-forth with, uh, with a couple of Milan fans on Twitter towards the end of last year, the calendar year. And they were all pumping their chest. Oh, siamo primi. And I said, listen, you guys are first. You're playing well. I'm not going to take anything away from you. But my prediction was that by the end of February, early March, we were going to see Milan drop. And that's exactly what happened. They don't have any depth. 
I don't think Piola's a good coach. That's just me. I knew once Latan got hurt, which was bound to happen, you know, he's up there in age, as great as he is, they were going to lose a lot. I wouldn't be shocked out of the teams that are still in contention. I wouldn't be shocked, or, uh, shocked if they're the ones that, that drop all the way out. Again, out of all the teams that are in Italy, outside of Napoli, they're the one that I can actually stand. So I hate to see it. But if we're looking at realistically at their form compared to everybody else around them, I, I, if I had to bet, I would, I would say that they're the ones that are going to drop off to the top four. Okay, so you have Inter winning the Scudetto. I have Inter winning the Scudetto. I have us, Atalanta, and Juventus in the top four. Okay. Is that in order? Or is it no, just Inter Scudetto second. and then everyone else no. is just in it? No, no, I don't Yeah, No, that's not in order. It would be nice if you finish second. I don't think we will, but yeah, I don't think so. I agree. Uh, sadly, not that I hate Inter, but I just don't want them to be the ones to win it. <laughs> I want it to be us, so... You know, I'm one of those sick people that is just like, hey, you know, if it was Juve one more year, does it really matter at this point? Like, can we just be the ones to knock them off the the top? But I do think Inter will win this year. I mean, right now, they're cruising. Lukaku is um, head and shoulders best striker in the league. I don't care what anyone says. Mm-hmm. That guy's on your team. You are happy. I agree with Gaetano. Milan, it's tough. They have four really easy games coming up. They got Sampdoria. Parma, Genoa, Sassuolo. They could grab majority of those points. They could hold out. And we could end up potentially, because Atalanta, I feel like they're a wild card. You know, they could end up, you know, winning a bunch of games or they might, you know, get distracted and who knows what happens. They had a few guys in the international break. We know that they're not the best when they're handling a lot of games at once. And I don't know if any of their South American guys traveled, but I do think... um, Napoli, I think, will steal fourth. Depending on what happens with Juve and Milan, who knows? If we get hot, we can maybe jump up a little bit higher than fourth. But I do think it's more or less the same. I think it's going to be Inter, Juve, Milan, Napoli. Maybe we jump into third and Milan for fourth. But I, I think with Milan, with their next you know handful of games, their next hardest game in their next six is against Lazio. You know, they're playing Benevento, Lazio, Sassuolo, Genoa, Sampdoria, and, and uh, Parma. So I feel like I feel like they could win that. And uh, we got to pray that Atalanta have a hard time and that we, we do good. And uh, hopefully, and Gasparini could go cry. <laughs> yeah, if I had to pick, I think Atalanta are going to finish in that top four. They're, they're in such good form right now. And um, I just checked quickly. Colombia didn't have any international friendlies, so those guys are fresh. Oh. I agree with Gianluca on on Milan getting those enough points in the next couple of matches to to hold them up. I mean, they've got a couple of tough ones, but their their schedule is similar to ours. Um, they they only have three top seven teams left. I mean, Juve and Atalanta are in there, and then the other one is Lazio, like you mentioned. So, to me, it's going to come down to us and Juventus. So, again, it just means that game on on Wednesday is even more important. We'll close with the technical sponsor, Gianluca, you're wearing a, an Adidas hat. I mean, the listeners can't see that, but I don't know if that was uh, intentional or not. But it, it, <laughs> it wasn't. It's just, it's just, you know, we're, we're all bald, we're all bald we're guys. Bald, yeah. <laughs> Three ball guys. Yeah, right. Three ball guys. Three ball guys. But uh, I would love Adidas because, I mean, um, it would like just go with like 90%, 95% of my uh, leisure wear. <laughs> I'm wearing Adidas sweatpants right now. Um, Adidas sponsors Gianluca. Yeah, like honestly, I- I'm all about it. 
uh, all my soccer cleats, always Adidas. I'm just an Adidas guy. So it would just be extra, you know, nice for me because because I'm just a fan of the brand. At the end of the day, as long as it's nice, I'm happy. I don't want them to run around in, in camouflage or lion jerseys anymore. I just want a nice blue jersey. That was a Panther. That was a Panther. Or whatever it was. <laughs> it's like I don't how many uh, <laughs> how many pieces of Legea uh, attire that you own? Zero. I think I had a Legea highlighter shirt from like a referee to kids like game <laughs> one time or something. Yeah, both of you, Gaetano. What about you? Do you have any? No, no. <laughs> never heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'd heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> when I used to go and uh, uh, when I was still in Italy, watch Serie D games. There's all the teams were. <laughs> Yeah, Catania were Legea, I think, uh, when they had like Giuseppe Mascara and, and all those guys. Yeah, and but, the officials, the officials wear them as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe that helps us. Who knows? Maybe that helps us. Like one of us, one of us. <laughs> um, I guess to play devil's advocate, just because I mean I agree with you guys, but it's something we see a lot. And as far as revenue goes, I don't think it's a, a big deal especially because it seems like these guys are, are maybe offering higher a higher amount up front. And what a lot of people don't know, or, or maybe they do, I don't know, is that you generally clubs generally get around 10 to 15% of Jersey sales. So it's not going to move the line too much, move the needle too much in terms of the club's financials, but what people also don't get. And I think what a lot of Napoli fans are, are frustrated about, especially we're all in North America. So especially on, on this side of the globe is brand and, and the value of a brand. And you look at Juve, you look at Milan, you look at Roma, their presence on social media in, in their English accounts and how quick they are to, to address every topic. Like God love our social media uh, manager, but sometimes we're, we're way ahead of them in terms of tweeting about our club, you know, you, and, and the things that they choose to tweet about sometimes just make you scratch your head and you think, well, why was that the thing that, you know, I, I'm pretty sure one of our colleagues made a like a burner Twitter account for Juntoli and the club felt the need to tweet that <laughs> Juntoli does not have any social media. I was just going to say that. I'm like, they <laughs> tweeted Juntoli doesn't have an account. <laughs> like, what the hell? Who cares? Yeah, and if he did have an account, I'd abuse him. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then you look at some of these other clubs and what they're doing. Uh, Juventus did a Twitter competition and they've now got i think it's marco from iftv and giuseppe from uh, one of the uva podcasts hosting their english twitch account or, or i saw that yeah you know th- these are the types of things that those clubs are doing yeah the and, outreach we don't have that outreach you right. know we're posting we're posting videos on our stories of songs that aren't even allowed to be played in the United States. But sometimes you watch a story on their Instagram. It's like song not available. I'm like, well, what, like, what, what song right. are you playing here? Right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I wonder if that's because De Laurentiis, for all the good he's done for this club, and I'm not going to take that away from him. And, and I want him to stay too. I, I'm not one of these people that wants hmm you know, a, a billionaire oil tycoon to come in and just start splashing money around. Yes, I mean, that's probably our best chance of winning a Scudetto or significantly improve our chances. We've seen, you know, PSG, Man City sort of thing. But I feel like with De Laurentiis, he doesn't appreciate 
what the value of a brand is and, and because it's hard to quantify. Uh, do you guys get that sense as well, uh, Gaetano? What do you think? Yeah, for me, it's not a it's not a Legea versus Adidas versus Friba versus Puma versus whoever. It's a it's a, it's a matter of of brand. It's a matter of of uh, perspective. You know, some random guys watching Champions League, and you know, God willing, we're in it, and we're wearing Legea. He doesn't know. Like, if, I'm not talking about us, the hardcore fan, the yeah. French fan, right? He doesn't know. He can't go buy that jersey. He's not gonna go buy. It. He's not gonna go look. But if he sees the Adidas, and he can go and 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 search the Adidas store and go buy it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of how it looks, right? We ADL always claims to be that the we're a global club. We have hundreds of millions of fans all over the world. Yet our social media sucks terribly, awful. Marketing is terrible. There's no outreach to, to fans in Italy, never mind around the globe, right? There's not, there's nothing. Like you guys yeah, said. See the calendar they put out every year? We do. We I, would do. Never, I would never buy that calendar, ever. We do a better job, like you guys said. We do a better job communicating amongst ourselves the news that, that, that we need to hear than they do. And right. in 2021, they don't release anything that's that's relevant. Um, we're way beyond in a lot of aspects. And like you said, I will never take anything away from Adiel because I remember going to Serechi and, and the whole thing. So we don't have to get into that. But we're at the point now where we're at the, kind of at a precipice, right, of being able to make that jump. And, and, and yeah, Adidas might not give you – the money but the eyeball that you get the respect you get from wearing that brand the, it just creates a different atmosphere around the club and that's just one little thing like i said that just on top of everything else frustrates me about the things that we do in the background uh, you know as, as a club yeah so well hopefully the stories that we've heard are true that de Laurenti says sounds like he might just be using this as a, a bargaining chip if you will uh, the reports are that there's an unnamed big brand and who knows what big means, but hopefully it is someone. Macron. Yeah. I would, I would take Macron back. Yeah, I, I did love, I, I did love their jerseys. Yes, I agree. But again, that's not a thing that you go and like Macron, you go to the store. Yeah, not- I don't have any, I don't think I have any of the Macron jerseys to tell the truth. Right. Yeah. I, I think but there's, there's two issues here, right? Like John Luca, you seem to be focused on the appearance of the Jersey, which is one thing. And, I mean, I want the ability to get it too, though, because well, I'm not walking other- into an Adidas store because I have a lot of Adidas stuff. So I frequent right. the store and seeing Juventus and even you see an Ajax, an Ajax jersey and everyone. I mean, we and everyone like, you know, that, that we interact with does know who Ajax is. But how many people, you know, that might walk into Adidas and be like, you know what? That's a dope jersey. I could wear that with some black pants and that's it. And, you know, you have a white, a white and red shirt. And they look good and they're comfortable in the summer. They breathe like, you know, people wear these just as a, like a fashion thing. Like they don't even, you see guys playing mini golf wearing a Juventus Jersey and you're like, you never watched the game. Really? Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's another thing. Like that's maybe something that the Laurentiis doesn't appreciate that these are, these shirts are walking advertisements. Right. So nobody aside from the hardcore fans is walking around with Napoli gear here. It's us and Francesco, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got enough. Hit him up. Sign his DMs. He can sell you something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's Francesco is selling his Napoli gear to other Napoli fans. <laughs> and, you, and you'll get it much faster than from the Napoli store. Trust well, me. And yeah. that's another thing, right? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, again. I my, my fiance ordered me a jacket from the Napoli store uh, to get, like, I guess, like, for Christmas. And I got it, like, and came in, like, February. 
Uh, before I let you go, if you guys want to just shout out your where people can find you, because uh, you're both great followers. Uh, Gianluca, where can, where can the listeners find you? Oh, uh, yeah. I am on Twitter at Gianluca617. Yeah, I, I just rant and complain a lot, but you follow me. <laughs> it's fun. And you get the occasional bad tweets, which are all yeah, that's it. Or bad text, which are the best ones. I'm at I'm on Twitter again, just uh, mostly Napoli talk and uh, anger. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm at uh, Salazzo underscore thirteen ten. But uh, I listen. I want us to say something, and a lot of people that we we interact with listen to your pod. So I just want to shout every, everybody out that's welcomed me through the community. I used to just kind of watch from from afar and not really post and not interact with anybody. Uh, but the last you know few months, uh, five six months, I've, I've gotten to know a lot of great people and it's, it's been awesome to be part of this community. So uh, I really appreciate you, Joe, for giving me this outlet and uh, everybody else that's kind of become, uh, you know, a, a Napoli family member and, and has allowed me to feel like I was back home a little bit and be able to, to banter about this stuff, you know, week in and week out. So I really appreciate everybody. No, I think uh, I can speak on, on behalf of everyone that we're, we enjoy uh, interacting with you. You've become known as the, the Napoli Twitter father or Twitter dad. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Sometimes I'm nice and then I get mad. If I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, put you in timeout. Sometimes you got to educate people. All right. We'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti five. You can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forts and Napoli pod. I should be having getting this episode up and then another one up, hopefully before the Crotona match, maybe just after that to uh, review our latest uh, Feminile match and our Primavera match. Uh, but until next time, I'm Joe Fischetti. Arts and Napoli, Sempre. Sempre. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.